1: Hey, 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 everybody, or should I say ho, 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 we're done with Halloween. It's time for the the most wonderful time of the Bald Move season, the Bald Move calendar, which is the most wonderful season. I, I, I be, I've, I'm i out of practice, man. It's been almost a year since Christmas. We're ready to kick off Christmas, <laughs> and we're here to do it with the 20th anniversary of the very fine Will Ferrell movie, Elf.
0: Mm-hmm. It is this very is fine. A, I don't like many Will Ferrell movies, but this one is an exception.
1: It's just a great It's a great film. It's got a great history. Uh, it's become a modern, instant uh, Christmas classic, and we talk about all that stuff in the podcast. Uh, why are we re-releasing it? There's two reasons. Number one, it's been seven years, I think, since this movie came out. This is one of the earliest bald move kind of Christmas movies we did. Number two, it was a club member member exclusive because all of our movies that we our Christmas time uh, movie releases that we do are bald move exclusive. So this is we're breaking the paywall, uh, giving people a, a, a taste of what we do every Christmas, and this is just a start. This is like the Christmas podcasts are oh, just yeah. the the this is the the bread and butter. Um, this is not the milk and cookies of Santa Claus. That's we're going to be talking about that here. Um, But yeah, it's, 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 it's getting really close to Christmas season and this is a great time to mark the 20th anniversary, get a a podcast to you and talk about some deadlines coming up because there is a lot of, uh, you know, the key to any, any Christmas is is prior planning, right? Uh, And Mm -hmm. we got some deadlines that because we live in a temporal universe, you got to get things done at a particular time. You got to get your letter to Santa Claus before Christmas Eve or how's he going to know What's your favorite toy soldier is? Or what's your favorite Betsy Wetsy? Uh, I want to talk about this. Uh, So what are some some things we need people to know about Christmas so they don't miss out? First up, one of the things we always do for Christmas is we send out
0: Christmas cards. It's a tradition here. Um, And those have pretty serious deadlines because we have to get those printed up and shipped out, and we want to get them there before Christmas so you guys can check them out. So if you want one of those you're going to have to be
1: signed up for the club by Thanksgiving because that's all when we're going to finalize our list all active club members on Thanksgiving will get a Christmas card from us international folks will get everyone gets a digital copy mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, and but that's it's all suitable for printing and framing and then all of the Americans uh, because of the postal system uh, will get a physical card Mm-hmm. Uh, but you want to have your, you want to be in the club and make sure you add. That's the other thing. Is if you've been in the club for a long while, but you're like me and you move this year, make sure you update that address so that uh, we send it to the right place. Yeah. So Thanksgiving for a Christmas card. Second, a lot of people would say the highlight of the Christmas season is our cozy <laughs> Christmas podcast lunches, and live streams. And when I say cozy, that's red boozy. Uh-huh. Uh, we have been for the last several years drinking our way through various uh, 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 booze-oriented, hooch-oriented Advent calendars. And we've never thought to like share the Advent calendar out with people. Uh, we're doing it this year. A lot of ball movers are jumping on it. Uh, if you want to find the link to sign up uh, to, to, to get this Advent calendar so you can drink all 24 drams with me and Jim. It's it's an Americana theme. It's a bunch of American bourbons and whiskeys. Uh, the link to get into that and we don't get any money from this is just a a good product we like doing and we're going to enjoy it a lot this season if you want to enjoy along with us uh, check it out at uh, christmas.baldmove.com
0: and we've also got another thing we do which is our secret santa where we get on uh, the live stream and we exchange gifts between Bald move fans Um, that has two kind of phases but one of them's just kind of a regular Secret Santa. Well, you'll exchange gifts and everybody will be happy. There's another version, the online opening, um, where you'll open the gifts right on the live stream. That one has to be signed up for a little bit earlier because the live streams happen December 7th and 14th, I think this year, or 6th and mm-hmm. 13th, I can't remember. Um, but you need to be signed up for that by November 20th so we can have time for everybody to get their gifts before the live streams happen so yeah. November 20th is the deadline there go to christmas.ballmove.com for more information on that for the links to sign up uh, for
1: either program whether you want to open them live on air or whether you just want to exchange gifts offline uh, important point it's, it's a chance because to open them live on air because oh, yeah. we get many more you know we only have the two Christmas streams we can only get to so many people it's been growing uh, there's, every there's year a, so a little bit of a lottery right. aspect of that but but yeah if you if you want to get in uh, it's, uh, christmas.ballmove.com then finally, like Elf, this is a good example of our Christmas podcasts. Each year, we do a little different theme uh, for the movies we're going to do. This year is going to be Bahambug. And this is because we are picking some Christmas classics that we have a bone to pick with. Uh, you know, not saying the whole thing's garbage. We're not going to shit on every <laughs> I single one. like a flood.
0: of these movies. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Uh yeah, J- J- Jim's gonna be the defender uh, of it. Uh, I'm probably gonna be the prosecutor for a lot of this. But uh, how <laughs> we put the whole uh uh, uh the, the McAllister family on trial in our Home Alone two one. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring bring that uh, courtroom action to these movies. Um, it's Bug. again. Christmas classics that, that we got that we got some issues with. Uh, this year's schedule includes Love Actually scrooged and you've got mail oh god i've got a lot of things to say about you've got mail <laughs> and a super secret christmas classic that you get to uh unwrap uh, the week of christmas we're not gonna tell anybody Shh, it's secret mm-hmm. uh if you want to see the full schedule guess what it's christmas.baldmove.com so we're really excited for a wider audience to get access to our Elf uh, review. I thought this was a particularly fine Christmas podcast. Hopefully it gets you into the Christmas mood. 20th anniversary of this great film. Please enjoy it uh, and please join us, christmas.baldmove.com, throughout the holidays for a lot of wholesome and, eh, you know, other other types of fun. Enjoy the 20th anniversary re-release of Elf. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another bald movie. Merry Christmas, because this is the big one. This is the one that, uh, you know, this is the big mommy and daddy present. This is the big Santa Claus present underneath the tree. This is a Christmas classic that we've been leading up to the movie Elf that was released November 7th, 2003, and has quickly become a family favorite Uh, before we get any further. Since this is the, the Christmas uh, uh, podcast, uh, we have to finish out our Advent calendar. We're going to be drinking days 22, 23, and 24 today. Uh, and we want to get right to it, because I have no idea how long this podcast is going to last. Yeah, um, this could be a 30-minute podcast and three drinks in 30 minutes. Uh, that's a lot. That'd be, that'd be, that'd <laughs> be, whoo. No extra Christmas cheer needed to lift Santa's sleigh on that, in that case. No. Uh, our first one is a, th- a filibuster mm. duel cask which you might we we did the bourbon version of this uh a couple podcasts ago this is the straight rye version this has a a mustardy nose a mustardy nose i'm not a i'm not the world's biggest fan of rye. i won't turn my nose up at them but
0: what if there's mustard Hmm. in it
1: if there's mustard in it i don't know well cheers Hmm. Okay. So that's got like a really kind of sweet sour mash flavor, but it's got the Rye Pro profil- File, which I actually kind of like. Yeah, it's sweeter um, than most ryes that I'm used yeah. to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, rye tends to have like a little more of an astringent quality to it. Uh this is a little sweeter. Not bad. Uh, I think these filibusters. You said we've had a filibuster. We've had the bourbon, and you really like that one. So maybe this filibuster uh-huh. brewery is just yeah. I'm, I'm brewery, to see. distillery is just the way to go.
1: Okay, you. so here. Okay, the their straight bourbon. I said has a thin, waxy mouth feel. Tastes very moonshiny, and you said very oh. young olive whiskey taste sour mash taste. Oh, okay, I no, no, fuck just, that. <laughs> these these are just young whiskies, but uh, the it, it the profile really goes well with a a rye. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I really like it. I really Th- this like is this is much better than the, the one we had before from filibuster. I think this is going to be a bottle that I'm going to check out because, uh, yeah, I could I could drink some more of this for sure. I'm going to. Mm hmm. Well, now that we have this thing officially kicked off. Let's get to it. Elf. Yeah. 2003 film directed by John Favreau, uh, screenplay by David Berenbaum, starring Will Ferrell, uh, which was an unproven quantity at the time, which we're, we're going to go into talking about this. Uh, James Kahn. unproven right. so, quantity at the time, <laughs> an unstable quantity perhaps at okay. the time. Yeah. Uh, you, you cast uh, Sonny Corleone, and uh, you, you get what's coming to you. Uh, how
0: about how about unproven comedic quantity at the time? Mm. He's mm-hmm. more. He's much more the that. straight
1: man here. He's he's only a straight man here, but works. I mean, in this misery comedy. is hilarious. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Jesus. De Deschanel, who was at the time a fresh faced up and comer, uh, just all around angel, Mary Steenburgen, mm. Ed Asner as a unconventional, but very, very good Santa Claus. Yes. And Bob Newhart as Papa Elf. Uh, there's a lot of other fun casting that we're going to talk about in the probably random trivia section. Jim, I'm curious, have you seen this movie before and what do you think of this movie? Yeah, I'd seen it before. Um, it's been a very
0: long time, though. Uh, it came out in two thousand three, right? So, I'd probably saw it fifteen years ago um, at this point. And I, I in the in the time since Elf came out and now, I have grown somewhat of a dislike for Will Ferrell like his his mm. he's in that he's in that Ben Stiller uh, Adam Sandler oeuvre for me which is just like they make comedy after comedy after comedy that are all kind, kind of, of just like them yeah. being them in a way and this is sure. kind of the exception to that um, I I actually found this movie to be really really funny and really well written like far, far better written than I expected it to be when I went into it mm-hmm. for for maybe the second time. I, I'm not sure I've seen this more than once before this.
1: Yeah, I think so. I'm um, I can't um remember the first time I watched this because I didn't really get bitten into Christmas until, I don't know, 2008, 2009, uh, when my son was born. He's like three or four years old, started wanting to get into it because, you know, obviously I I was raised growing up, didn't really have a Christmas. Um, but I was always a Saturday Night Live fan. Right. You know, ever since, like, my dad, like, was a big Saturday Night Live fan. Like, one of the big treats is to be able to stay up late enough to watch uh, that, and I remember even when I couldn't stay up, I remember my dad laughing at night about um on, on Saturday nights. So I grew up just really revering Saturday Night Live, and Will Farrell was one of the, like, rule of fireballs that came out, you know, like him and Sherry yeah. O'Terry. That era uh, from, like,
0: Adam Sandler to you know norm mcdonald taking over the the news uh-huh. update the weekend update and then mm-hmm. uh, yeah that that whole era from from like the mid 90s to the mid 2000s i was a pretty big SNL yeah. fan too
1: yeah so like i when he started doing you know movies i was in uh, pretty interested in it and he did like night at the roxbury he did what was it uh college campus i can't remember old the, school yeah. Old school. And then he did this at the almost the same time. It was several years because I by the time this came out, I'd already seen him. He did a cam he did some entertaining cameo work in like the Austin Powers. Uh, but oh. by the time I saw this, I'd already seen him in Anchorman. I'd probably already seen him in talladega Nights. Oh yeah, for sure. Blades of Glory, Step Bros. Oh wow. Okay. Like, he he like like and I then I saw him on Elf, but it just really works. Um I I I watched bef- like last weekend while we were down in Gatlinburg for our, our wedding anniversary, uh I watched the um the, the movies that made us. This is made by the same documentary company that makes the toys that made us, the video games that made us. They've done a holiday edition where they're doing a deep dive into two movies, Elf and the Nightmare in Elms <laughs> No, no. The Nightmare before Christmas. Okay. Uh and it's a nice little you know, forty five minute documentary. I really encourage everybody to go watch it because I thought it's good and has a lot of good information. But Jean Favreau, yes, John Favreau directed this movie. This was like one of his first ones. Like he I think he had um, a very small low budget indie film and then he did this. Yeah. Um I I think that like he set out like that's one of the things he set out to do is to make a true family movie, Christmas movie and a new modern Christmas classic. That was one of the three objectives he had. And I think he just knocked it out of the park.
0: I mean, there's a reason we're covering this as the, the hammer for this year's Christmas coverage,
1: right? Uh, this year's Christmas yeah.
0: celebration. It's because it is a classic. It's a modern classic.
1: Yeah, in the last ten years, this has rocketed to the top, along like a Christmas story, Home Alone. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on Thirty Fourth, like into certainly the top ten, if not the top five, in all time family cra- cl- Christmas classics. And I gotta say, Home Alone is a pretty easy sell for my kid. But some of those others, like you know, Beautiful uh, or um, uh, Life, what is it? Life, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Mir- you run into that thing where kids just don't want to watch old shit. Like when my sure. son starts to feel a '90s film grain, he starts to break out. Of '90s, the '90s, yeah, dude. God, yeah, damn. yeah. Because everything just like it's you don't think of it, but 30 years back, stuff just is a much slower pace. Usually, what's and his cutoff? Kind of dated. The Matrix. Uh, like 99? I don't think so. He didn't balk at the Matrix because it's kind of just relentlessly timeless and cool. But right. yeah, like I've I've gone back and had him like some of the 80s action stuff. He's like, is this dad? How old is this movie when it came out? <laughs> you know, that's like it's like that's like when I know. I'm like, oh, God, he's he's detected. He's detected the ancientness yeah. of the source material. Tell him it's 2015. Um, you know, it's yeah, yeah. 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 But 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 this this movie, you don't have to convince a kid to sit down. It's just really fun and colorful right off the yeah. bat. And. It's very sly and smart, and it's got a lot of stuff for the adults to watch too. It's a perfect family film. That's I really, the thing. This is
0: like the, the, to me the thing that makes this a classic, and so many other classics. Classics is all of their themes come together with their plot, and you look at like Home Alone and this kid being left, this kid wishing. You know, his family would just disappear for Christmas. Right. And then boom, they do. And then he by the end of the by the end of the holiday season and the movie, he has realized what's so special about having his family for Christmas. Uh, This movie does that so well. It's the Christmas cheer, right? That spirit of Christmas that has been, you know, cynically lost because everybody's hustling around working and you feel like you're James Caan in that season. By the time you get to the end of the movie, you feel like you're back into the Christmas spirit. And, and it brings that together so well with the singing and the the sleigh plot and just all of that works together. Uh, it's, it's a tight, a tightly written Christmas movie.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like all it's not just like a one central theme, like all the characters, all the primary principal characters have like little themes that they're in personal growth within that, like James Bond. Yes realizing that not only is he sacrificing time with his family for this business, but he's also doing a shitty job of it. Like, you know, it's not like <laughs> yeah. he's a super successful, but like, he's just lost the plot along the way. de Deschanel realizes that, uh, you know, there's worse things than to sing in front of a crowd. And, uh, buddy honestly grows up throughout the movie. You know, like that's the thing that like the relationship between, um, Jovi and bit buddy are like the 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 one that all threatens not to work. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but I think they just managed to do. And I, I I don't know how it works. It's except for that like Will Ferrell just plays this straight up. Like he has this in this true innocence. Yeah, and it's also one of the. I think Jean Favreau actually has got really smart story instincts. And I was thinking about this last night that like. He's not doing anything revolutionary in no. the M- Marvel Cinematic Universe or Disney or e- in this his first Christmas movie. It's just that he takes like solid film filmmaking techniques and brings it to genre work yeah. where most people just don't give a shit. <laughs> like you know what? Spider-Man's in this. Uh Iron Man's in this. Right. It's a cool metal suit. Just take the rest of the day off, you know? You you've done it. You're going to sell action figures, you're going to make 500 million. Like he takes it that next level and actually sweats these details and really thinks about like what makes this stuff work. And yeah, where's it's the interesting heart? Because I think yeah, the heart. Because the Jets, the, the I think that the James con storyline is kind of his like saying what's wrong with family entertainment. That it's all about making a quick buck. It's all about following mm-hmm. the herd, and it's not about like genuine emotion and connecting the characters and like you know rooting for them to succeed and. You know, like this, this yeah. movie doesn't have a real villain, maybe apathy, the Central Park Rangers, but like <laughs> right, the CPR. Yeah. yeah the, the, the dreaded infamous, even Santa Claus knows them Central Park, the, the four horsemen of this, the, the Central Park apocalypse. Uh-huh. But even in absence of that obvious conflict there, it's never a dull moment. And it's really funny. And I just can't say enough good things about this film. Uh. Did I talk about who, yeah, I ran down everyone who stars in it? Um, maybe that's a good place to start that talk about the casting because okay. all of these casting instincts really work. Um, from the beginning, Bob Newhart, who is our narrator and also also Papa Elf, some about his like bone dry wit just really sets this just really sets well in this like very straightforward, very serious kind of, not serious but earnest look at christmas
0: yeah that's the thing like there, there are multiple uh types of of comedic uh portrayals here like you've got the just straight up silly at times and the slapstick right you've you've got all that in will ferrell's elf uh, his buddy character but you've also got yeah papa elf who has this almost dry sarcastic wit to him uh i i like that because i you know too much of that slapstick uh silliness Is kind of what I don't like about a lot of Will Ferrell's movies in the future, like after this, it's just like all silly, really stupid jokes that work. They're 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 good jokes for the most part, but like it's all one flavor. This kind of gives you everything.
1: Especially since like you're you're right, like most of the Will Ferrell catalog in the future just relies on things that are absurd. Like, right. yeah. you know, like, OK, news anchors were a big deal in the 70s. What was their life must have been their life. You know, Talladega night, stuff like that, to where it's like all the characters are cartoons and absurd here. Will, once he, you know, in the North Pole, he fits in. But once he comes in New York, he is the character and everyone else is the real world. And yeah. That's another thing that's so brilliant about how this script works is because all of the stuff that would be really ridiculous and handholdy in another move movie works because, you know, a guy in an elf costume shows up and you treat him like you do. Like in his highly ironic kind of like, oh, look at you. And he thinks he's an elf and it all kind of works. So when people sarcastic like, hey, why don't you take it down to Macy's, pal? Or go back to whatever this this store's universe. He's like, okay, thanks for the advice. And it propels the plot. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, it's it's, good. It's the only time I can think of like um, because Dan Harmon, this is his personal bugaboo. Like the Monopoly guy, he calls it where like the the. The trope namer is uh, the dude in uh, Ace Ventura 2. Sure. the That's dressed up. And not, it's like you, you, you cast a guy that looks like the Monopoly guy and dresses like the Monopoly guy. So Jim Carrey can say, let me guess, you're the Monopoly guy. Ha ha ha. This is the entire movie. But everyone reacting to the monopoly guy is what makes the movie happen and it's 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 yeah. just really clever and it makes sense that in this movie you would have the monopoly guy right he's not just there as the monopoly guy he's there because right. the monopoly guy is a real thing in this movie we'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause And now, back with more Bald Move. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, it's, you know, Christmas elves are real, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, we had a debate about whether we should put this in the prestige and the pulp thing. But, uh, you know, we got the ironclad that, like, if there's, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a whimsical romp, but there's, there's no actual fantasy elements in this film. Right. So right. we, you know, like, it's talking about the indigenous people of the North Pole. And their uh, their 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 government and elected ruler Santa Claus and how he delivers presents throughout it's, the world. It's
0: you know? almost sci-fi. You get you get the the jet engine attached to you Santa do. sleigh, and I'm thinking like maybe mm-hmm. it starts to bleed into sci-fi a little bit because I don't know how you know.
1: This but jet it, it's engine really works. Just, it's just really a literary device to explain like the cynicism of the world and how Santa Claus you know has adapted to the times as the shrewd businessman that he is. So I mean, it is that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, obviously it belongs in prestige, um, you know, Uh, but but uh, as far as far as casting goes, are we are still in casting? Because like Will Ferrell's
0: career at this point is is strange, right? It's not it's it's SNL. That is his Mm -hmm. career. Um, When they were certainly when they were making this film, his career is SNL. Uh, And by the time this movie came out, though, which is interesting. And they talk about this. You you recommended to me that I watch uh, the holiday movies that made us or, or the Christmas uh-huh. movies that made us, maybe, um, on over Netflix. on Netflix. And I checked that episode out because they have an episode on Elf. And it had a lot of insights into, like, just the the happenstance that kind of created the phenomenon that is this movie. Because Will Ferrell was an unknown quantity, essentially, in mm-hmm. movies. And by the time this movie came out, between the filming, like day one when they started filming this movie and thinking about this movie, or cast Will Ferrell, and when it came out, Old School came out. Which Old School is obviously the movie that made Will Ferrell into a movie star. Uh, without yeah. Old School, you don't get Anchorman. You don't get Talladega Nights or any of those movies. Uh, so, so that was like... Huge role for him. In incredibly fortunate, the Will Ferrell became a huge movie star right before they
1: released this movie. But also, there was a big worry for the studio because he did not become a major uh, movie star with even like PG or PG thirteen humor. It was right. like raunchy frat boy Frank uh, behaving badly, yeah. Frank to Tank kind of shit, and people are like, well this is not that this is will no. this is will ferrell set to like ultimate wholesome a, a man raised in the the north pole uh and it's like you know i i man the more you read about studios the more you wonder how the hell they get their jobs because it seems like their instincts are always garbage like oh my god the public saw a guy doing one thing what if they what if he does something else it's it's not right. about like how well is this working and executing? It's more of just like, oh, my God, what will the people make of it? Like, get the fuck out of here with this.
0: No, it's crazy because uh, what movie does uh, Will Ferrell goes on to do uh, some some fairly dramatic roles, right? He's got this like really dramatic role
1: that he does a few years after this. Stranger uh, than fiction, which is an Im- yes. I think is what you're talking about, which is a wonderful, wonderful film. Yeah, I
0: haven't actually seen it, but I know the, like people talk about that in hushed Tones, right, about how good Will Ferrell is in that. Uh, yeah and I yeah it just shows the narrow mindedness the 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 tendency to typecast and I think Will Ferrell you know for me in future years did do that a little bit he typecast himself into these really stupid comedies for sure yeah Uh, but also like I'm not
1: opposed to seeing a Will Ferrell movie that is different that is a change of pace to that but yeah Yeah. like he's like I was gonna say he's really good in like the Lego movie as just like the the dad right. who's lost the plot on what it means to play with Legos. Like he does, like he does have some chops, man. A lot of comedic characters sure. do. Yeah, no, he brings like a a sort of
0: focus to the character that he's portraying, which I really like. And whether that's like just completely earnest, or whether that is you know villainous uh, in a funny way, or like you said, you know. Uh, Kind of the the serious dad who's lost his way, uh, lost his childhood instincts. Mm-hmm. He he brings that focus one hundred percent to every role, and if that's what you need
1: in a movie, which is what you need in Elf, yeah. he nails it. And they really channel. He has. He's got that like manic gear too. Like you know the like this is yeah. Buddy is essentially playing his high school cheerleader character. Sure. Uh, yeah. Except for he never went through puberty and he's never seen a rated R movie. And he brings that rel- like uh, they talk about in the documentary we we're talking about, talking about how the first like week of shooting was just following Will Ferrell in his costume around the streets in New York and watching him just fuck around like him p- right. p- p- picking off the gum from the subway railings oh, and God. Uh, pushing all the elevator buttons on the Empire State Building. And then that guy, he uh, that, that guy in the red jumpsuit you
0: know the sweater and the yeah. hat and everything and then and he goes up and he says santa that's yeah yeah that's just him doing that to a dude in the street
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's very kind of like a, a borat, borat, borat type or, of yeah 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 uh it's it, and, and that's what you get when you have will ferrell and you just like put him in this costume and and have him uh give him an audience and and let him uh unwind um and he's just so many great shots of him just committing to this. Like there's like scenes of him, like cuddling in this, this store Christmas display with like an animatronic thing. Um, Him like spraying passion fruit perfume into his mouth and drinking coffee for the first time. There's just like all this stuff that just, just really, really works well and how he's just completely like, you know, plays everything, everything straight because he has no idea what like irony and sarcasm is um yeah james khan what a fucking pull for Dude. this guy
0: he's he's so good as like the i mean he's obviously the straight man in this right but like he he's more than that he's like this this reluctant uh like constant font of tolerance right mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. this I don't. I don't know. This guy, like, if he weren't his son, he'd he'd throw him out in the street and maybe have him beat uh, and then thrown into the street by his guards, his goons. But yeah, there's there's this tolerance that he had that he shows through this movie. The the well of the restraint that he shows is so good, and and it leans
1: so heavily on the reputation of James Caan as this tough guy. Right. Right, right. and you can tell it's like you know. It's an interesting guy because like James Khan is not a person who I think bristles and or, or bustles with holiday cheer, which no. is why it works so well. And he gets to do a lot of like James, like Sonny, just like when he grabs Buddy by the collar and like slams him against the, the wall. It's like, OK, what the fuck is, you know, essentially like what the fuck is your deal? What is your angle? What's your scam? Like he's able to bring this kind of like Thunderhead you know, Oscar winning intensity to the role where it's called for. And then also he's softened by Mary Steenburgen and, you know, like the fact that when he goes to the, like, I, there's that conceit where the doctor essentially is like, I don't know what to He's your child and he's probably having some kind of, you know, (sighs) I don't know, because like, there's another where the movie just says to go with it. Like, you know what? A doctor's mm. going to tell you that this guy's having like something like a psychotic break and a detached from reality. What you got to do is bring him home to your family uh-huh. and embrace him and nurture him. And that's what's going to get him out of it, which actually works in this situation. But I can't imagine another one other than a man child being adopted by elves and raised in a North Pole where this advice would be good. But in the real world, you get a referral to a psychiatrist and they diagnose him with, you know, what his particular mental disorder is. Right. I think in a real world, the cops show up and shoot him to death. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because they they, that that, I'm an elf business. Like they send the Central Park uh, Rangers in there and they just fucking regulate him. But, uh, you know, that wouldn't be a lovable family movie. So James Caan just uh, goes along with it, uh, causes all kinds of trouble. It, uh, but everything kind of like feeds one to the other. Like the first yes. act is him getting out of the North Pole, and 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 that. Wait, wait, we're we're still talking about casting. All right, we should take a drink while we're talking about James Conn All right, why not?
0: Because this, the time this is, poor is one out for, for James Conn who is not not dead. Yeah. We're still he's very much dead. alive
1: he's 80 he's very wealthy he's very old they, they made it seem like he's a very difficult person to work with on the on the uh documentary yeah it's uh, interesting maybe- they
0: they talk about uh that and and we'll get to it immediately after this drink right i'm looking forward yeah. to this one because this is hudson baby bourbon i talked about earlier in the holiday season the hudson rye that i had not had and i'm not a huge mm. fan of Rye, but oh this baby
1: bourbon this is a tasty one Yep, this is uh, Hudson Baby Bourbon, forty six percent alcohol. All of these today are forty six percent alcohol. I forgot to mention. Mm. Here we go, smelling good. Hudson Baby Bay. Mm, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's got that. It's got that real. I feel feel like it got strained through a a, a block of oak. uh, Yeah, heavy wood. I guess I'm okay with flavor. that. I mean, I am a Scotch
0: fan. Uh, as a Scotch fan, I know you're a Scotch fan too. You should should like that oak
1: flavor. You Should like that heavy wood. It's not. It's not like smoky oaks, like a charred barrel. It's more of like literally like wood grain alcohol, kind of just okay. N- hmm. That kind of thing. Uh, I don't like it. I think it's Very tasty. Woody. No. Um. Uh, it, it, it has it, some smoky. Some smoky oaky. <laughs> I definitely smell I definitely taste the smoke. Yep. Um you're saying it's smoky. This is uh, this is oaky. approaching scotch flavors.
0: Or, or yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say scotch flavors to me.
1: Yeah, baby bourbon. I wonder and ba- does baby imply that it's like a little young too? Cuz that's It's it also might. got that essential kind of like just, you know, that 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 young taste.
0: I mean, Hudson I want to say they're pretty new to the, the bourbon game um, i can't remember yeah. hearing about them more than 5 6 years ago uh, so maybe they've only been so around for a decade or so but i'm not smoky,
1: sure smoky scotch scotchish smoky oaky, yeah approaching a scotch flavor it just doesn't have that doesn't have that uh, real smooth mouthfeel that an old an aged scotch is going to give you sure
0: i'll agree with that uh distillery out of new york new york not really known
1: for their <laughs> bourbons let's say not the Kentucky bourbons that's for damn sure no yankees get out okay james con um okay is he, is he difficult to work with? Because that's the thing. Like, obviously, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's obvious to me what James Khan brings to this role. But if James Khan doesn't get this, if he just sees that this is slumming through a holiday film, it doesn't work. And for the, like, and honestly, through 80 percent of it, he could slum because he's supposed to be playing something with like an almost like a like uh, you have a whole bar of Xanax in you. <laughs> um, OK, but he brings it in the scene where he grabs Buddy and throws him against the wall. Which is critical. Mm -hmm. He brings it in the like where he just screams, like he just goes, he just tears in and just like castigates Buddy. Yeah, Uh, when he throws him out of the office uh, after he's ruined his book. Yeah throws him out and then like I think it's a real big moment in the movie that works in large part because of James Conn where his kid calls him out for just not singing and just moving his lips and he finally belts it and then Santa Claus explodes in the Christmas spirit over his head. Can Uh, I
0: ask you does Santa Claus just run over and murder that entire crowd if he doesn't sing in the moment.
1: (laughs) If, if that crowd didn't find it in themselves to get the chrismosometer up James operating Khan. range, he's that, yeah, that crowd is getting, uh, specifically James Con is getting pulped. But there's a <laughs> yeah. uh, half dozen fatalities uh, outside Central Park in New York, uh, Santa Claus he's related like, fatalities. He's wanted so for murder at that uh, point. It's not It's not good. But yeah. um, but I I th- you know, but they even make it to like not only is this guy a miserable son of a bitch, he's it's not even helping him because yeah. like you know him thinking that it's like oh, not it's not like jingle all the way, right? Sh- where where
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger is this great mattress salesman or whatever, and he's working right. on Christmas Eve because he's making a bunch of money.
1: This guy's right. about to get fired. Yeah, and I wonder, I wonder if he got into this because he did have a passion somewhat because like they they showed a picture of him and his uh, girlfriend, and he's. You know, he looks like a hippie. He's, he's strumming a guitar and he's playing a guitar. And he's like, he does not look like the guy he is now. Looks I like wonder if it's down. like a, a... Yeah, you're supposed to... Is he losing his way or did yeah. he get like, you know, shoehorned into this child stuff and decides I just hate it and I don't, I don't really like kids and I don't understand kids and... They're dumb anyway, and they're not going to know because, you know, I, hmm. I think that's that's wrong. Like, kids like have a very particular sensibility and interest, but kids can know there isn't no good shit and bad shit, I, you know, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I hadn't considered. lose their damn minds and fall in love with the Wiggles or some shit like that. <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, for the most part, kids know what they like.
0: I had not considered... The Susan Wells is it. Susan Wells is her name. Uh, James Kahn, you you know, Walters. uh, The the mother of Buddy. I had not considered that her storyline and that whole thing is really just there to to make Buddy his son. It doesn't it doesn't do anything other than that. Right. Even though it comes back in the middle of the movie and I'm expecting like this big turn, it it. All it really does is is let the audience know that this is actually his son. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess like sort of prove to him somewhere in the middle of the movie that it might be his son. So mm-hmm. the link there, it's the only reason he'd even believe it. Yeah, and you know, the other thing is like um But it doesn't I love come back
1: this- I wish it came back thematically for uh Walter. Uh but it's weird because like that's one of the things I like about the film. The fact that his wife like just takes this in stride. Well, she yeah, does. you had a life before me and it's like yeah. you weren't a bad guy. This guy, you know, this could happen to theoretically anybody. And and it's all about like, let's let oh let the, you got a new son and a new brother and I've got a new son. She's like not at all the the elements you might normally find in these movies where the wife's like, you know, making him sleep on the couch because you fucked another woman. It's some kind of weird. Sp- it's jealousy
0: like over his past yeah, yeah, that, yeah that doesn't happen yeah. she's like family building here and like welcoming this new member which to their is, family
1: which is i think another cool thing of like the world building like well of course that's the way she would treat it because why why else why why would you make it about your insecurities and stuff when then yeah yeah it makes I her into was, a good person that was cool and it's like yeah if they did something cool about like you know, let Walter realize, like, oh man, my life's gone downhill since I got a wife and a kid, and I need to go find my <laughs> oh, another no. hippie girlfriend. And yeah, it's like there's there's only so much they can do to bring that around. But, yeah. Uh, uh, and then Zoé Deschanel you know, she went on to become a lot of things. You know, she was like one of the, the standard bears for the, the quote unquote manic pixie dream girl archetype. Yes. Holy shit. Yes. That, <laughs> that she then, uh, then, uh, brilliantly played against type in 500 days of summer. Um, I, I think she's just really, she's really good. And it's a very tricky role. Cause you have to squint and see a woman that would fall in love with a guy like buddy. even though he is it's kind of like the same problem you have in big only more so because that's actually a small boy in an adult body this is just a guy who's never been raised you know in an environment where you have to i don't know uh hard you you, you don't, you don't have you, you never have to harden up like you know getting your finger pricked is enough to make this guy wail for hours you know it's like Uh, And he's childlike and he's impulsive and he's very funny and he's also got a lot of love and a big heart. But also and you can see kind of her character like wrestling with, you know, is this guy a creep or is he just like pure as the driven snow?
0: There's this. Yeah, there's this delicate balancing act that they do because you got to remember a look. Uh, Jovi, which is Zoe Deschanel's character in this movie is a woman living in New York. And that is going to inherently grant you a bit of like a hard edge, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to tell people to fuck off. You're going to be inclined to not, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. And then there's the Zoe Deschanel aspect, which is like this, like you said, manic pixie dream girl. It's this innocence, this weird, like fun sort of spirit behind her. Um, this is one of the few roles that I really, really like Zoe Deschanel in. Uh, I'm, I don't have anything really against her. It's just that, like they always cast her as this particular type of character. In this, yeah. it really works
1: though. Um, because I don't think she's really manic nor pixie. Like she's no. just kind of like, uh, you know, shy girl working at a bookstore type of effect. It's not the like, yeah. you know, really exuberant and you know, kind of kooky and and yeah, manic pixie dream girl right um it, it really works i i will say i think
0: zoe de chanel is one of the few people who look better as a blonde uh huh. I, I tend to like dark-haired women but like zoe de chanel really doing it for me as a blonde in this movie and you know she's a, a brunette or darker in a lot of her movies so right uh yeah, it was, it was kind little... of shocking to see her as a blonde in
1: this but she looks good she's she's a real cutie pie. She also yeah. can belt like, uh, she's yeah. a very good, like smoky singer. And I'm actually kind of, you know, she's got her whole band. I think is what it's. She, she, he, or she hurt him or I don't know him and her. I, I can't remember what the, I've, I've had too many drinks. Uh, I got a lot of her stuff on my Christmas uh, 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 music playlist, but yeah. she's really good. And just, like, it introduced her as that kind of, I'm surprised not more roles have done more with the fact that she is a world-class singer as well. Uh, Yes,
0: man, I think does a bit is of that with James. That she's, in I think she's in a band. She's in
1: like a full on girl band, right? And yeah, exactly. Man. Yeah. And, and then, she's firmly in the manic pixie dream girl uh, archetype. It, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that movie less good. Not as good as this, mm-hmm. um, and I like that they gave her this whole arc. You know that she's shy, but she's got this talent. She's kind of like in the the the, the one of Jesus' proverbs. She's hiding her her lamp underneath a basket, mm-hmm. and uh, that that beat where. You know, everyone's kind of because everyone thinks that Buddy's kind of like crazy. He's got a screw loose, or maybe he's doing a bit. But then, like, there's this thing in the the final act where everyone kind of gets on the same page independently, and it's also a brilliant way. Like that, you know, it's one of those things where it's like it's on the edge of believability that you got this local reporter and she's running around for looking for a story on Christmas Eve and all oh, Santa Claus stuff. Oh. But like, it it kind of brings the whole uh, city on board to bring Zoe's character back into the fold. But, like, I really like how she per, she she played that thing where, you know, she's realizing, everyone's saying, we need more Christmas spirit, and she recites that thing that Buddy told her, that uh, the best way to generate Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. And the way she says it, she just, like, takes this deep sigh, and then, like, nervously begins, like, you know, singing, and no one's really joining in. I, I just thought that, like, was a really great arc, um, and a, a nice little total character package in this little 90 minute movie. Yeah, it
0: absolutely is. Um, It's, it's one of the things that I say makes this writing so tight. And, and I have a lot of questions when I'm going into this, right? Like she's, she's taking a shower at one point. And this is a really good scene. I I love this scene. It's funny. It's, it's a, a little heartwarming. It's not, it's not as pervy as it could be because buddy is such an innocent Uh, No, it it plays really chaste. It does. Absolutely. The shower scene where he's just listening to her sing and she's at.
1: I can't remember the name of the store, like Gimbals or something. Um, I think it's called. um, What is it? I wrote this down. Um gimbals yeah, it's gimbals. Okay. it's Supposed to it be Macy's, gimbal's. right? Or a, right, there, right, or, or yeah, 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 something like that. A big box department store in downtown, right? And Maynard. she has gone in, and, and she's taking the shower
0: at work. And I'm like, why is she in the shower at work? Does she bike to work? Like, I know yeah. some people do this, but like, I have big questions around that. It seems like it seems set up to put Zoe Deschanel, who can sing in a very reverby location. So she sounds amazing. Mm. And then to have her at the place where buddy is, it seems artificial until later in the movie, because of the good writing here, they tell you, Oh, her power or her water got shut off because she's right. You know, she's scraping scraping by by. and and it it makes her sympathetic. It makes all of that make sense. It's, it's very tightly written. And I, I appreciated that because you could just have her, in a shower singing and not really ever explain it.
1: Yeah, and they also, like, they take it and build a whole character around it. That Like, you can tell that she probably really loved Christmas because in her free time, she sings Christmas standards when she doesn't think anyone's listening, but she's yeah. not self-confident enough to do it in front of people, and she's struggling because, I don't know if she's a student or what, but she's taking, you know, like, she's not here working at the North Pole, quote-unquote, because she likes it, or she loves children, and she loves toys, or she's naturally exuberant it's because she has to, she's forced to, Yeah, you know? Makes her um, real sympathetic. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if y'all know this, but someone who has worked in retail during oh. Christmas is the fucking worst. Yeah. And and I, I worked in Walmart shame. one year, uh, for it's Christmas. a damn shame because how do you have a Christmas spirit when you see what these animals do to a toy department or an electronics uh, department? <laughs> Holy electronics shit. Department in, in, in a single night, like one black Friday, we'll, will have you red, you know, black pilled about humanity for years to come. <laughs> uh, but it that, that also because we all know we've all been there we all we've all been, well I don't know if we've all been there but those of us have know how bad that kind of situation sucks yeah um no so I, I that, there are segments
0: of our our economy right now that I really feel for in the holiday season it's it's retail workers it's postal or, or shipping workers in general
1: oh warehouse God, yeah. workers holy shit yeah. And I think this film just does a really good job balancing because it's an it's a it's a family film and it balances like the cynicism that kind of we all we've we talked about this in Christmas past that like there is this dual thing where we all bemoan what Christmas is becoming, but we're all complicit in how it gets there. Um, But they just really blend the cynicism uh, and the wholesomeness like the elves are all like almost supernaturally kind like Bob Newhart mentions that they're like, you know. The reason they're so suited for this work is because they have small, nimble fingers. They're naturally cheerful. Uh, they have smart. They have agile minds. Um, but, you and know, he, like Billy, but Buddy is none of those things. He has massive yeah. man fingers. Well, he's a human. Yeah. And and I have so might, many questions around this movie, but yeah. OK. Yeah. And he, he might not be naturally cheerful. You know, I don't know that people are naturally cheerful. No. Um, But like, you know, when he. Calls, wants to call himself a cotton-headed ninny muggins. And mm-hmm. the elves are very kind about, like, picking up the slack. And it's a bummer because he's causing them all problems. But they don't want him to know because they love him. And they want him to feel accepted and warm. He, I, I love the way they handle them figuring it out. Because it's not even the elves are talking shit. It's just like, hey, I need you to pull, you know, I need you to help me out because blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, uh, I have real feel for you that Buddy's put you in this position. And he's like, yeah, but I can't blame him. You know, he's just trying his best, like but it still hurts it still hurts buddy's feelings because of course it would yes yeah they're pointing uh, out that
0: he's different and he doesn't yeah. want to be different
1: yeah and you know they're trying to put a brave face on it but he knows that this isn't working out um and it's I, like the way they 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 handle like him realizing his dad's on the naughty list like finding out that <laughs> it's it's it, it's it's mark hamill finding out that darth vader's his father It's the exact same performance, you know, Uh, Yeah, screaming. No, that's impossible.
0: Sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I have a lot of questions around buddy being a human in this movie. It's okay. I think you can wallpaper over a lot of it and just say Santa's magical and Santa helps buddy out. But like, there's a whole scene a whole montage where he journeys from the North pole to New York and he's doing so in a very light, uh, uniform Let, let's say he's not he's not a gore tech stop, right he doesn't have the huge no, coats no, no. and the gloves and you know snow pants and thermal underwear he's he's wearing tights and an elf coat this is a human being this is not an elf he doesn't have any magical properties to make him immune to cold and yet he's venturing he's he's riding <laughs> the world's slowest when do you think the elves well, we know. We kind of know. So Santa says, like, that's it. That's it. Christmas is done for this year. Time to start working on next year. And uh-huh. I feel like Yay! very soon after that, he <laughs> steps onto the ice sheet that takes uh-huh. him to New York. Right. Because he would you have to. That move yeah. It's moving so slow Yeah, at, yeah, at yeah. a perhaps glacial pace, let's say. Glacial pace. Yep. Uh, that's that's a good question. I, uh, my biggest question is, like, how does he not just freeze to death? in the cold
1: temperatures at the North pole because he is a human. He's not an elf. Well, here's the, okay. I, I, I hear what you're saying and and I don't want to be just like Santa's magic and all that, but I might be the answer because we know that it elves are be. not canonically immune to cold. Like the ones that work in the Keebler elf tree that they're established there, that's an aberro. Right. I mean, they're not like, you know, uh, and the ones that work in like, uh, uh, cobbler offices it, making shoes they're all over the world various climates right so i uh-huh. just think that santa claus does have like world-class outer gear like he's like you know uh that's like star trek uniform technology it, it doesn't need okay. to be washed or dry clean it's super warm it's breathable uh so his tights the only explanation are made by elves which Infuse magical warming properties into them. Okay, and, and not just all elves, but I think it's like Santa. Like you know, he he equips his people at the North Pole just for the appropriate conditions, and you know they have a diet high in sugars, so their metabolism stays up, and uh, and uh, that's how okay. they go. But yeah, because I I think I, yeah, it must it must be because Santa. Well, because I guess Santa is also a magical elf. He's not a human either. Um, yeah, it's the only I explanation.
0: Mean, I still have other questions. Like okay, he. So let's say he's got magical warming clothes that mm-hmm. see him through the the cold journey. But then he's able to construct snowballs at an inhuman pace.
1: Yeah, I, I assume that's practice <laughs> like I guess. I mean, that's the thing where it's like, yeah, is like, um, is there something in the food? That he's eating okay. that kind of makes him half elfin. This that goes back to like our Lord of the Rings podcast where Merry and Pippin drank the elf the the int draught. Uh because it's not just like making them inhumanly fast. Like his his precision, like he's like yeah. a Gatlin gun with those things. That he's the his his precision, his accuracy, his his speed, his technique. It's all. All far beyond a normal man. It's, it's he's got to have oh, some yeah. kind of infusion of magic. It's got to. It's got to.
0: And, and we've seen this before, right? Like um, the the other time I can remember seeing this in our Christmas specials is Jack Frost, where the snowman is just Michael Keaton's Jack Frost is fucking amazing at making snowballs, yeah. right? Like he is a a
1: snowball fight machine. He's yeah. a, the tank then, of the snowball fights. And, and I remember we we talked about how like. Uh, elf kind of ripped off Jack Frost like it does. that's a, just a one to one it's the exact same gag and I remember that was like the one the biggest laughs like I got that written down as a set piece like that um him just regulating those kids uh, uh, with the snowballs yeah. is really really funny and it still kind of holds it it's a, it's a lot easier to see it's now CG and also really <laughs> I love how Favreau shoots like when when buddy and his his brother are bunkered up like the 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 snowballs are coming in fast and furious. I I question how they even did that. Did they have fifteen people off
0: camera just throwing mountains of snowballs? I kind of
1: feel like it was a bunch of CGI snowballs, and they just had snow cannons every once in a while making the impacts. Because I I was thinking because it. You know, and when you look at it with a critical eye, it's like, man, there's like 20 snowballs in the air at any given second. It, fe- it yeah. felt like uh, a war movie. It felt like Saving Private Ryan, like the hunkering behind, a, a you know, one of those big Iron Cross tank uh, uh, um, uh, speed bumps or whatever. Just like the, the, the fire is just coming in hot and heavy. And it goes uh, on for a couple
0: minutes. It's it's a pretty long scene with just snowballs and incoming
1: pretty- constantly. And I love when he's like, "Okay, we gotta make snowballs. See how many you can make real quick." And they pan over to the brother, and he makes like one. And then you hear this like high speed, like, 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 like this, this like tamping, clapping noise. And he come over, like, buddies has got an amazing stockpile already in like three seconds. Yes, it's it's good. It's good. And the like the 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 short range stuff is good. The matrix stuff where he's coming in sideways with a with a snowball, and then the long range sniper kill at the end. Yeah, Uh, right. (laughs) It's a great, it's it's a great scene. It's really, really funny. We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause.
0: And now, back with more bald move. Um, it is. Oh, and there's the one other thing that that I think is magic about Buddy, which is his ability to construct holiday decorations. Right? Um, <laughs> there's a hilarious kind of running gag. I think it only happens twice, but James Conn pulling down these paper chains that the buddy has constructed and they're constantly dangling Uh in his face. He's like ripping them down. (laughs) Right. But that scene where he goes and he decorates the, he decorates gimbals overnight has to be some kind of elven
1: magic like time dilation kind of thing you're right even there's this line where he says when he does the same thing to uh, th- his parents house he goes yeah. I got a full 40 hours of sleep last or no 40 minutes of sleep so yeah he's got like uh, but
0: not sleeping doesn't explain the, the ability to decorate no, this entire place because like the, the Lego statue worth. alone is oh, going to take him oh, weeks
1: right so right. there's some kind of elven well, time dilation Well, that's the gag, too, is like the idea that, you know, it's slow by elf standards, but he built 85 uh, Etch-A-Sketches by hand in in a single shift. And you think like, oh, that's pretty yeah. good. But his quota was like a thousand. So like,
0: but this all ties back into the magic of Santa delivering
1: all the presents in a single night. Right, 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 right. So he's very slow by elf standards, but because he's judged by those, he's like, you know, like when it comes to when it comes to manufacturing like cell phones or something or like Legos, he's just like crazy fast. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like like Tarzan. You know, like in you know in his family, he's the weak one, but also you know, he wrestles gorillas for a living. So,
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: He's got superhuman capabilities. Yeah. He's going to whip forgotten. your, if, unless you're a silverback gorilla, he's still going to rip your arms off. It doesn't matter. And I think buddy's the same way. It's like, yeah, he might be slow by elf standards, but he's like, yeah, he's, he's super fast. He doesn't need, and I wonder if it's like the diet. Cause the other thing is like, I should be dead. This right. Should with be the sugar with diet. The diet that he does like sucking down a whole two liter of Coke. No, he, he says at one point, like, it's it's when he sucks down
0: that two liter coke. He's like, Candy, Candy Canes, and Candy Corn are the three. Oh, oh and yeah, syrup yeah, yeah. are
1: uh, syrup and is syrup the four. Are the four food groups. Yeah. Food groups. I wonder did, if, like, I don't know
0: how he stays so slim. So he clearly has, like, caloric, you know, he has some kind of metabolistic powers here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wonder if, like, that will, like, because uh, that's my, my big question, and you're not supposed to ask these type of questions, but, like, at the end, they've got, like, Zoe Deschanel and him are visiting, and she's, like, very adorable, and her elf, you get, and they're, they're visiting her grandpa, and they've got a kid, but, like, if he stays, if he stays in New York City, like, 360 days out of 365, will he start to lose that? I don't know. Um, Good because question. it does feel it feels very, you know, I know it's all real. This is a documentary, but it does feel a little little fantastical.
0: I just uh, want to know what the elf powers are. Um mm. and why why and how they get uh sort of put onto a human being. Is it proximity? Is it a proximity thing to Santa? And so like you yeah, said if he be, stays in New York, he'll lose those powers because he's not close to or, Santa?
1: It could be something in the food, could be wearing the clothes, could be the training. Yeah, like, as you know, like I, I guess that's one of the things that they train like Delta Delta Force guys and Navy SEALs is like that they can you can train a human body to like work without sleep for three, four five days and, and retain the majority of your effectiveness through a, a mixture of just training and drugs. Yeah, uh, and maybe it's just actually maybe it's not the training. It's just they just they just give you those blue balls and amphetamines, the blue but, balls. Uh, they give you the blue the balls, balls in, in the, the military. The, sure, they do. They do. <laughs> But so, so maybe it's that. Maybe it's a combination of those things. But, uh, you know what? Uh, speaking of, uh, chemical help, I think it's time for us to open our, our last bottle. God,
0: you're trying to kill me. You're trying to kill me here.
1: Yep. Well, it'd be the fun thing to do. You know, it'd, <laughs> it'd definitely get a lot of, it'd definitely get a lot of downloads. It'd go viral. I think you dying on a podcast. I doubt it. I'm not well no. known. Enough. If Will Farrell died on a podcast, yeah.
0: But me, no. Nah. Mm, mm. Me, I'd be at best, uh, a headline in, like, the Cincinnati Gazette or something. <laughs> Local podcaster Cincinnati? dies. <laughs> uh, yeah, dies live on stream. Okay, so this is Sonoma Distillery. It's not even live. It's not even live. If if
1: I die on stream, do you release this podcast? I mean, yeah, because I'd want it to see if it go viral. <laughs> okay. I mean, you can't, you can no longer do anything for me, Jim. You can only, you know, it's like... Uh, That's true. That uh, would be your one yeah. last shot to yeah propel ball you're, you're, to fame you're not you're not gonna mourn yourself you know i gotta make this shit happen uh it's true you do a fundraiser for the funeral yeah, i gotta visit, benefit benefit the the survivors which is yeah. your wife of Alexis. course and me and my cat uh my cat, now, <laughs> cat now yeah you've got a whole family now for sure. god uh okay let's so we i believe this is i do one. the well, same had... for you by the way i do the same. <laughs> uh sonoma so the sonoma distillery so we had the sonoma rye this is now the sonoma regular and i like sonoma i I had a god what am i trying to say all right the filibuster i like the rye didn't like the bourbon let's see if the the trend keeps up look up sonoma distillery because the sonoma county is that's california thing right can they claim bourbon well, it's not straight Kentucky bourbon. Oh, you I know there's fuckers. a lot of these things are saying bourbon and Kentucky bourbon. I thought bourbon by definition had to come from Kentucky. It's like champagne. Yes. Oh, I bet this these spark- motherfuckers are making champagne too in California. This is sparkling whiskey, okay? <laughs> this is not bourbon. <laughs>
0: I, I ran I it know. through a soda stream.
1: Actually, we should probably do that one year. Just run oh, these actually, through a soda stream pretty good. Just carbonate like them. yeah. Like 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 uh would I drink whiskey in a club soda? Absolutely. There you go. I'm not a particular fan of club soda. If I could just carbonate
0: whiskey, why not? This smells new makey. I'm not
1: sure I'm gonna like yeah. this. Let's see. Yeah. This is an interesting choice for the twenty fourth. The best one? I mean this pretty good. But yeah, I can think not of two good. whiskeys this this year. This is like two or three whiskeys this year that we've already had that I I like better. I mean, I like straight up Maker's Mark better. I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of Maker's uh, as a bourbon. Like that, that the filibuster dual cask rye was really good. I still have Mickner's U.S. number one is like I think the best one. You said it's the best yet. I think it's I think it actually is the best one. Um, it's really good well okay so Uh, let's let's also say 18 was really good too we
0: are recording all this out of order so we still have six drinks to taste that's true so that's true saying this is the best one of all means the best one of that we've
1: tasted which is minus two random days coming up so i just know the first year we did this the the hammer was that invergordon wasn't it 25. Oh, no, I
0: don't I don't think that I was. I thought it
1: was. I thought it was the final one that we opened. It might have been. I mean, you can go back to the I, archives and check it out. I just thought the, the, the last day of the Advent calendar would be the biggest one. And this is okay. It's good. This is okay. Yeah, I don't, it's not... I don't dislike it.
0: And crucially, it's a bourbon. Because when I ordered this calendar, I was excited about the bourbon aspect of it. Yeah. Less so the yeah. American whiskey aspect of it. Right, right, right. And we've had four or five of the American whiskeys. But, uh... but I will say, come on come on bourbon is made in kentucky we all know this california what the fuck are you doing call it california whiskey call it call it i don't know call it
1: cali (laughs) cali whiskey start a whole new branch of whiskeys bourbon burbank bourbon yeah that's what you call Uh, it this
0: was made on the santa monica pier (laughs) so what's your official review a bunch of surfer boys uh let me give it one more taste test Okay, okay. What
1: are you thinking about that? I'm going to eat a Christmas cookie because it's a Christmas podcast and I can do that. I'm going to say
0: there's almost a bit of maple and maybe it's because Buddy likes syrup so much, but there's almost a bit of maple flavor to this that is numbing
1: my mouth and making me not able to talk. But also
0: it makes it go down pretty smooth
1: another 40% 46% alcohol so it's like I'm definitely starting to swim having three shots of yeah. these within 40 minutes of each other it, it is i will say um, not
0: as sweet as i like my bourbons i think a maker's a jim beam uh something like that has this captures the sweetness of the bourbon that i like as compared to a rise right. or scotches uh but it's it's um, approaching that
1: i want to i want to turn our attention back to the the film now if we can okay. um I think one of the crucial things, and I didn't know about this. I mean, I knew they alluded to it, but the Rankin Bass um, inspiration. Since then, I actually went and watched, because I've never seen any of those classic uh, stop motion. And I've gone back and watched the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and A Year Without Santa Claus. And I got to say, those Rankin Bass things are on a whole other fucking level, man. They are insane what they do with the Christmas mythos and just kind of fucking riff on it man there's an abominable um, snowman at one point right yeah and he's defeated by an elf that is into dentistry and pulls all of his teeth <laughs> what? dude you're not ready you're not you are you and Alexis ought to sit down and watch the any any two Ralph Bank they're they're they they're short they're easy to digest they are yeah. full on fucking weird man But Hmm. for whatever reason, that look and feel has this classic because everybody's seen him for so many years and like they just and and I don't know how much of this was like built up for the documentary, but they made it seem like that like this is such a good idea. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, 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 let's just do it. And they went ahead and did all the pre-production, started filming all this stuff and no one actually cleared it with uh, Bank uh, uh, Rankin Bass. Yeah, it's. Or is maybe it's rankin bass? I don't. I think it's rankin bass. Rankin bass, bass is what
0: they call it in the documentary okay. or in the the movies, the holiday. It movie sounds in like in a f- it sounds like a fish a fish
1: show, like yeah. uh, outdoors, like, like you know, all right, th- this today time, we're
0: gonna rank bass. This, this
1: time on Rankin Bass, we look at smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, <laughs> sea bass. Yeah,
0: and I I don't I don't you know apologies for the bad southern accent like that's. Not intended Not me, to make man. fun an, of you. I'm it's an just...
1: official. I'm an official Southern Indiana white trash redneck. I can do you it. You lived in people. Texas for a while. You're good. Uh, I did. I did. Uh,
0: so, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I was surprised, I guess, that this hadn't been done because it's been done since. Right. Like Elf did it. Uh, I think of the Ole Sunny Christmas episode, which does it Um, and, and does it Community. Even, even more of a ripoff. Um, than mm-hmm. than they do here. Uh, yeah, Community does it. There are a lot of shows that have done it since. And I, I don't know if this mm-hmm. was like a brilliant inspired idea or just something that they play up in that doc, that docu, docu episode.
1: Uh, I think it was pretty brilliant because like the costuming, like Buddy's dress like right. the elf that pulls teeth in, which was also kind of like a, and the, the other thing is like he literally remade Rudolph. Like this is a story of Rudolph. Ru- Rudolph is a deer that realized that he doesn't fit in the outsider yeah and has to go out into the outside world and prove his worth before he can go back to his original thing and save Santa And As Santa asks him to Santa. drive his sleigh he literally does that
0: with elf uh with buddy when he asked him to
1: repair uh, I the mean, engine it's it's not shot for shot but it kind of is because of that like the part where he steps onto the iceberg and it breaks off that's right that's how they hmm. escape from the adom- abdominal, snowman, abdominal the, snowman right? the guy who the abom- ab- abdominals are made entirely of so. come gutters like the clay <laughs> like the glacial fjords of norway this guy's got the yeah doesn't <laughs> that 98.6 degrees yet. just melt the snow
0: snow-based cum gutters though <laughs> uh,
1: that's my excuse it's too hot in here that's why i yeah. don't have that's why i don't have him razor sharp um <laughs> no it's like so many great this direct lifts like the narwhal the candy cane mm. forest uh you Leon know john Redstone. favreau is the voice of that uh, narwhal i did not know that so he uh, double dipped in the roles he's the he's the doctor in narwhal right he's the doctor surprising But, yeah, it's uh, it's such a great idea. Like, it's not like a slavish adaptation, but like there's a lot of just subtle things. Like uh, there's a scene in Rudolph where all the elves like are in shocked amazement when the one announces he's going to become a dentist. Kind of like all turn down the table and and they redid that in live action. And um, just the look of the workshop. It's all like flat and white. It's probably very cheap to do, but it looks like what we've all been conditioned to think about this magical kind of North Pole looks like. And they don't uh, talk
0: about the actual deal that was struck legally, you know, between Rankin-Bass and the production crew here. Um, but but they make, they make some implication, like, oh, the lawyers sorted it out, right? We assume that the lawyers would be able... We assume that all this was cleared already, but it wasn't, and the lawyers went, oh, shit. But then they figured it out with Rankin-Bass. And I want to know more about that. I want to know, like, was there a right. payment? Was there, like, some, like, preemptive settlement that... Okay, we all understand, like... It's heavily lifted from Rankin-Bass. You could take us to court, but let's just give you a licensing fee, essentially. I, I want to know more right. about that aspect.
1: Yeah, like, look, B- Bastards, we can do one weeks a re- or one week of reshoots and, like, just take you out of it. Or, you know, since you've been printing money off of this thing since 1968 or whatever, you can <laughs> right. just kind of, like, let us have it. And this will reignite interest in a new generation. Yeah. And, yeah, it's smart. I mean, I, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, they made a cool million dollars off the deal or something like sure. that, because I don't think this had a huge budget either, did it? Uh, $33 million was the budget for this, which is a pretty big budget, wow. I think, for a I Christmas mean, film. I mean, it's pretty big for a Christmas yeah, kinda. Especially mm-hmm. given to a
0: first-time director, With which, if you watch uh, that the holiday movies that made us, it seems like everybody was first time on this, right? Like the person like Alex or John Berg, not Alex Berg, John Berg, the guy who uh, produced it Mm -hmm. and put it together with this, this other dude from like new line cinemas studio. All these guys were up and comers who had never really done much of anything. John Favreau had never really directed anything. Big budget. Uh, Mm. Will Ferrell, unproven quantity. Zoe Deschanel kind of unproven, like all of these yeah, it's remarkable. Like, this is a movie that launched a bunch of careers.
1: Right. Both and on kind of and really, off like screen. A, yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, like the the casting in terms of like Ed Asner is not a conventional um, Santa Claus take, but I really like yeah. it because Ed Asner's kind of always got this kind of cranky bah humbug. He played the cranky Christmas ghost in the Christmas episode of the the X-Files, which I really, really enjoy Um and I kind like wow. of like that as Santa Claus. Like Santa Claus got a little bit of an edge to him. Like he looks like a, you know, a, a grumpy Germanic axman, but he's got a heart <laughs> of gold. They do that a lot with the Netflix series or Netflix Christmas thing that came out like two years ago. Claus, I don't know if you saw that one, no. but like really play with the mythos of us. Uh, but but I, Ed Asner makes like a really classically good um, Santa Claus. Yeah, I, I was looking at the um, casting of this movie and they you know, they,
0: they run through the credits at the beginning and it's Will Ferrell and Zoe Deschanel and it's James Khan and they get to Bob Newhart and they get to Ed Asner and I'm like, okay, but before I saw the, the holiday movies that made us, uh, I assumed that this was a Will Ferrell joint that like Will Ferrell put this together. He had yeah, yeah, this yeah, role yeah. idea that he wanted to do yeah, yeah, on yeah. this script that was like a no name, anybody, uh, and that part is true. But like I thought Will Ferrell like basically put this project together. But no, it was the other way around. Like mm-hmm. the writer and producer put this project together. And then to a large degree, I think Favreau put this project together as well. Uh, and so I was assuming like, oh, Will Ferrell must have wanted Bob Newhart and Ed Asner because they were his comedy heroes or whatever. It turns out, no, those are John Favreau's comedy heroes. He's the guy who really pushed for
1: those two actors to be in this and it works out really well. Yeah. Um, another set piece that I think this movie does really well is the Santa coming to the the North pole department store. Uh, everything about this just delights me. Um, it's the funniest scene I, in the movie when he pulls it, this guy's it, beard off. And I mean that, that or like maybe the snowball fights pretty good, but like just to where, you know, Will Ferrell does this, uh, just perfectly straight, like the idea that like he's so excited to see Santa Claus and is realizing like you're not Santa Claus. San- you know, Santa Claus smells like cinnamon and cookies. You smell like beef and cheese. <laughs>
0: beef and cheese.
1: <laughs> and and it's like, just like this New Yorker, like yeah, I don't know. As there's this kid just sitting and like that's the other thing that like makes it cool. Like you know, he's like you sit on a throne of lies, which is an yes. objectively hilarious lie. That like this is like high elf treason. Like this oh, yeah. is like some like like you know uh you know I don't know something crazy like like maybe Donald Trump trying to act like he's uh, Abraham Lincoln. This is just like sure. beyond the pale that he's pulling, right? And the, and the kids how- sitting on the lap of Santa Oh my His god! His performance is great, and also all the kids are shrieking. But if you look in freeze frame, they're all having a ball. They're all like smiling right. because obviously Far fabs is, uh, is off on the screen, being like, "Just scream your head off, kids!" And they're just like having a lot of fun. So it's like you get the yeah. shrieking children like panicking because objectively, this is every parent's horror—like some drunk, crazy guys taking over and, and traumatizing your children.
0: I mean, it's bad Santa. It's what bad Santa is predicated on, it's, right?
1: It's it's bad Santa, except for like the you know Santa obviously santa claus is real so buddy's got a point yeah. uh but i i love it i like uh so they also wanted wanda sykes to be this department store manager and they, yeah they they substituted Fies and love which was um you know kicker right. and done a lot of big work in in friday and sure. uh don't like there's that what was that um God, it, it's don't be a uh, menace
0: to South Central while drinking your juice and yeah 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 whatever. it's,
1: it's yeah. like a Spike Lee it's like uh, a Spike Lee movie uh, spoof he he was like a like like really don't be a menace to society I, while drinking your juice in South Central or something it's got this ridiculous yeah yeah, yeah. title yeah he's he's really funny and I guess that they they wanted Wanda and I I forget why she bowed out but it was very late in the process and they'd already print made his costume and they had. Uh, uh, if you notice, he's wearing a name tag that says Wanda uh, because when he found that out, he's like, no, 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 I want Wanda's name tag. And I think that's uh, that that's that's really funny. Yeah, he's, but he's it also, great. Like, I, I'm glad
0: I'm glad for the recast because I I don't know if I could enjoy it as much. Like, well, Wanda Sykes has been typecast essentially. Right. As the the angry, incredulous black woman. Sassy, sassy black. Very woman, sassy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel like I would have enjoyed this rewatch less with her in it. Because of that typecasting. It's not her fault. It's just Hollywood's Mm. fault. But like this dude, this dude really works for me. Like, especially when he becomes Santa.
1: Afterward uh-huh. he's like well, I got no Buddy Santa. down, like, like I dare you, motherfucker! Like this is a because also he kind of hates his job and like the mm-hmm. he comes in and like Buddy's made it a winter Winter Wonderland. He's suspicious. He's like looks a little too good. You think you think someone's sent in a specialist? You think someone's gunning for yeah. my job? Like I will burn you fuckers really- to the
0: ground. Essentially, <laughs> like I will take you all it's, down with me.
1: Yeah, it's really funny and it's also great. Like this is the funniest set piece, but also propels the action because it causes Buddy to get arrested because he assaults this you know department right. store santa claus and that's like at this point like james Con had like walled himself off from buddy like his goons yeah. are going to keep him from going so like what is something that's plausible that get james Con back into action and it's a set piece and it moves the plot forward are you kidding me what a fucking efficient script right the mention of uh, susan wells gets him thinking and those wheels are spinning while all this santa fighting is happening yeah it's good yeah, just like all the set pieces do, like the set piece with the snowballs, uh, well, like you know convinces his brother that he is legit, and also kicks yeah. off the romance angle, which I could honestly take or leave. I, I would this. I think this film would be just as good if Zoe Deschanel right. just thought that Will is a really kind of sweet, innocent guy who got railroaded. Like,
0: and it's it's only there, there in about the kiss,
1: right. Like, you take yeah. the kiss out of
0: this movie, it's a platonic friendship that yeah yeah and the yeah. kiss and maybe michael is that the kid's name michael? Yeah, yeah yeah and maybe and michael like pointing out oh you like her go talk to her go mm-hmm. on a date like mm-hmm. uh, i don't know it,
1: it works for me i don't i don't fine, find yeah. it offensive
0: i just find it yeah a little ancillary
1: especially since you get the idea that, like, I do think that you're supposed to understand that Buddy grows up in this film. Like, he's not going to be this arrested development. All He's probably are always going to be sweet and big on Christmas and just a really kind, empathetic individual, but he's not going to be, like, unfrozen North Pole Christmas caveman for the rest of his life because he acts yeah fairly normal. Plus, all this other thing is, like, if you find out that your boyfriend is an actual uh, half-elf, adapted elf of the Santa Claus, like, a lot of that behavior just doesn't become problematic anymore, you know? yeah <laughs> like yeah, if you find out Santa's real and, and you were yeah if I had an opportunity to to go to the North Pole and visit Santa Claus and my elf Papa uh I would yeah. yeah fuck fuck this podcast and shit I'm gonna go <laughs> I'm I'm gonna do that you know I'm gonna I'm and, gonna be buddy's baby daddy mama uh whatever like he's gonna be a famous book author for children and I'm just gonna live on that and yeah
0: yeah it's, it's, there's Don't also a, a spirit of inclusiveness here right because he doesn't need to like disown Santa Claus and his elven brothers and sisters in order to accept James Caan as his real father right there's there's yeah. an elephant of this like extended family we talked about it with Mary Steenburgen and her character whose name I do not know whose character name I do not know uh, wow. she accepts Buddy immediately into this family right mm-hmm. even though he's pouring maple syrup into their spaghetti at night yeah, uh, or yeah. in the mornings when they're off to work, there is this, like this inclusiveness of Christmas where everyone is invited to gather together and enjoy the season. And it doesn't matter so much like these strict definitions of family. Everyone can become family.
1: I like that. The- The other thing that doesn't quite work for me is the mailroom set piece of him like getting drunk with the low lives in the mailroom. Like it it stays like it could have gone bad Santa direction really quickly. It's not bad. It's almost like it's a little weird. You know, the movie's 96 minutes. I think this movie could be 90 and you take out because like what does that scene do you could just skip that and go right to the peter dink like you know his dad's trying to integrate him to the office and he's got him like just drawing crayon pictures in his office and he busts in on the peter dinklage meeting this peter dinklage scene i don't so this scene works and i was worried that it would not age poorly but god it does it does because you know what and I, I read some behind the scenes. The deal is, is that like Fav- Favs and Peter Dinklage were on the same page. Cause Peter Dinklage famously does not take roles where it's all about him being a dwarf and like denigrating, you know, like it's, it's, that stuff. Like, yeah, you look at station agent, is, is, right?
0: That's nothing about him being a little person.
1: No. And, or it can't be about being a little person. Well, he's like, yeah, gotta, he's a got an seriously. He's, yeah. Right. It's, right. It's, it's, it can't be like, oh, I'm just a, a, a tossing dwarfs and all that kind of jokes. Um, Peter Dinklage is the fucking man in this scene. Yeah. And the only reason it works is because like Buddy is saying incredibly cruel and hurtful things, but with zero malice behind it, he loves right. Peter Dinklage because he thinks he's an elf and yes. he strongly identifies with an elf. Um, it's kind yeah. of like the same. It's it's a little bit of the same of Stephen, Steve Martin and the jerk who was uh, raised by a black family and he thinks of himself as black like that's super huh. offensive the but like in this limited circumstance, it makes perfect sense, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you don't. You and, don't feel and, the the. Nobody's being made fun of here, right? Well, because Peter Dinklage is going complete control of the situation, and they yeah. make it clear that like this guy's the man. He's got houses, he's got money, he's got babes. Like they're and and not only that, he can fucking clean house when he wants to. Like he's, and he's the hero the of the scene. scene. Like they're calling and, him in because they're desperate. Please and help he's us. Playing He's playing completely straight, like Fives. Like you are in a different movie. Like Buddy's in yeah. the Elf. You you're in the Station Agent, and this guy. Like, and uh, I I just think it it's great. And, and, and like, actually they they don't have any of the regular humans uh, pointing right. out the fact that he's like a little person and making. No, they're all joke horrified. Everyone else is a completely on the same page of horrified. Right. That this is happening and the idea of like you know i don't know he had elves working there oh the santa lets you leave the workshop and then he's like you feeling strong you call me elf one more time oh he's an angry elf it's just i don't know it's just really funny uh Uh, let me ask you this better better fight scene
0: uh better better fight scene with elves this or jingle all the way because jingle
1: all the way has an excellent Santa's I mean, if, elves. If the big if the big house busts down the door at the end and starts like hey <laughs> okay. in both peter dinklage and will then it might be but like yeah that 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 burly brawl santa fight in jingle all the way is so pretty good fucking good and if you guys are new bald movement man you got so much great christmas content go check out all of our live watches and oh, uh, yeah. podcasts on these things because they're they're pretty good in my opinion um, and the other thing that he Favs had the instinct on is like this is one the bigger laughs and it leads right into the rock bottom story beat like you you yeah. bring everybody's like laughing and then like this becomes a real moment like I felt bad for buddy when James Conn is just screaming at him
0: yeah uh, and they, they do a, I, I don't know how much this manufactured um based mm-hmm. on James Conn's reputation based on like wanting like needing to make an episode of you know how how this holiday movie got made or whatever. But in that Netflix uh, series, they talk about how James Conn has this reputation as like Sonny Corleone, the
1: guy you're kind of afraid
0: of, you know,
1: Um, difficult, like difficult to maybe just even if you just even if you in Hollywood, don't suffer fools like Harrison Ford doesn't. I don't think he's difficult to work with. It's just like if you don't come there ready to do your job, he's going to fucking let you know about it. I think James right. and, is in that mold in, in those like really emotional
0: scenes, right? Where or, or the scenes where he's being fucked with by Will Ferrell because Will Ferrell wants to get a reaction from him. James Con gets you know a little short with him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know how much of that is actually true and how much of that is manufactured for that docu series, but it, they say that this this scene is kind of a pent up frustration with Will Ferrell constantly poking at him. Will Ferrell doing the tickle fights with him and all of like the him being buddy kind of
1: on camera and off camera with James Caan. Uh, well, I think it's like it's like it's like I feel like like you, you know, like if you were in this role, too, like you might be game for it. But like it's still outside your wheelhouse. To and like they are limits. come up and tickle you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you get that just like this at the end of every take. You get that that little bit kind of like I get I'm being paid for this and this is the job. But fuck, I hate this. Right. And that right. works so well with the character. It works so well. It works so well with the character because he is the straight man. Right. He's supposed to be annoyed
0: with all of these yeah. things. And he's supposed to blow up at, at Buddy. In this scene, and goddamn, he he does a great job. It's 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 the anger you see from Sunny Sunny and the Corleone family, right? Like,
1: well, that's what that's the, the um, apocryphally that's what they said on the the um, the documentary is that uh, Favs Favs took uh um uh uh shit Con James Con Sunny Corleone, James Con to the side and like right before he z- said action, he whispered in his ear, "You're Sunny fucking Corleone." yeah Yeah, like you're about to go beat beat your sister's lover to death <laughs> street, because he yeah. laid hands on you yeah 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 you're about to you're about, you're to, about win, to spill you're about a to, few oranges <laughs> you're about to exactly um and, and then it transitions like down like buddy's down he's gonna give up on being a human right uh yeah. and uh that's when his brother comes in to talk about taking Christmas off and he risks his career and Santa crashes in the central park. Uh, and that like yeah, is well, shot in the shot. the. because like, because that's the other thing is like the one thing that didn't, that really bothered me about the Rankin bass show is that small mouth baths, large mouth. No, the thing <laughs> that really bothered me is like all the reindeer bully Rudolph, even his own fucking father. It's really depressing. Yeah. And then Santa Claus comes in. You think Santa Claus is going to be the one guy's like, oh, ho, 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 come on, guys. You're being a little too hard on Rudolph. Kind of, oh, you know. Ro- no, Santa's the worst one. Santa comes in and validates all this stuff. Like,. Like, Rudolph excels at all the reindeer activities, but the glowing red nose, it's like it's because Dasher's his father. It's like, it's too bad your your son's got this crazy red nose because he was the best out of all the other reindeer <laughs> categories because he looks different. Fuck him. I and mean, like, when you're what? hiding from the paparazzi, from, from the CPR, <laughs> sure. the Central Park sure. Rangers, you might sure. not want the glowing nose on your sleigh. That's, that's true. Saying. That's true. But Santa Claus is a real asshole and this movie like huh. that's the one thing they deviate because when when Buddy meets Santa Claus but like Santa Claus is taken aback like I never considered you less than an elf. In fact, yeah. you're one of the most you're the most elf of any person I've ever met. Like, you know, like shades of uh James T Kirk saying that, that he's never met anyone more human than Spock when he's given that <laughs> right. posthumous uh, you know, speech. It's it's a really great moment and then it's like I forgot so many things about this film because it's been probably I think we saw this when Jack was like eight um, so but I love this years. the Central Park Rangers. Like the, the way that the and it's kind of funny in the year 2020 when we've had like, you know, so much hue and cry about policing. But like <laughs> right. they, they, they make up this like mounted feared Central Park horse division that's known for going too far, doing this, that and, the and other. They're, they're under sending...
0: investigation for their crowd control <laughs> techniques. Yeah. yeah. Controversial. Yeah.
1: yeah they're sitting these like elite. Like, uh, they're, they're, like essentially Michael Chiklis and the shield mounted on horses that they're sending after the, the whoop ass on Santa <laughs> Claus it's so fu- fucking funny and it just works because the film just invents a villain you know it's like yeah. we need a villain for the third act you know what Central Park Rangers fuck it it's the and even like it, it like even Santa Claus knows like when he finds out the Central Park Rangers oh my god they've been, so, they've been after me for years them- yeah <laughs> it's it's so good it's so good <laughs> We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause.
0: And now back with more bald move um uh, let me like, talk about what one of the like it's it's kind of creepy it's kind of like cringy um it's the way they treat this reporter. the Mm. the central park reporter because there there's a character who comes up to her. um, And and I'm trying to think if this is Matt Walsh from veep, it looks a lot like him. I, I'm not sure it's him, but there there's this one guy who's like creeping on her, right? He's like, he gets on camera and he's like, Oh, I really, I really love your mouth. I, your eyes, your eyes make Uh everything shine. This is not funny. This is not I funny at all because this happens in real life. And yeah. And I don't know if it's like since then that this has happened and I've changed my opinion on this, but this is fucking creepy and I, I can't help, but go back to like always sunny. You know, we talked about the bank and RAS stuff in always sunny, but this is also in always sunny when Dennis gets interviewed by this busty reporter in that hurricane episode or whatever, that storm mm-hmm, episode. Mm-hmm. I, and he's got this like fetish for her and mm-hmm. it's really fucking creepy people like the, the, the people you see on television are real people and you should not have this like sexualized
1: yeah. uh parasocial relationship right. with this news reporter it's fucked I mean up. it's kind of it's 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 fine to do that to celebrities, but you should never make it their problem. Right. Like, especially live on air because we haven't, we seen like sports reporters before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh It's gross. Um, it is weird. And I, I feel like it's a, it's something of an inside joke because I think this guy's playing himself. And I think he's like a fabs friend. So they, I think it's all played as like an almost like a borderline inside joke, but without that context it's an uncomfortable situation for everyone and and doesn't feel like it belongs in the movie yeah
0: so this is why I was a little uh I thought this was Matt Walsh from Veep it's not um at least he's not credited on IMDB as as being in this movie but he is Mm -hmm. in old school which is the movie that we'll start with before this he is in Bad
1: Santa which is a Christmas movie and I'm yeah I'm like he kind of looks like him I think this was kind of like an a, almost like elaborate inside joke, but without that context, it just it's like one of those things where it's like, uh, yeah, um, it makes a lot of stuff. Like I, I went back and rewatched some movies with Jack, some some comedy movies like you know Airplane and things like that, and I still think oh, they're funny. I still think they're funny, but like they're so tied to when they're the release that if you don't know what was going on in politics. Oh geopolitical yeah, yeah. things, popular trends. They they this age and dog years. And same thing about kind of like later Mel Brooks stuff. That it's like sure. uh, you know, like uh space balls and oh that was a uh, men in tights, like all so many of these yeah. crazy jokes about like why is he pumping up his shoes, Dad? Well, you see there's this thing <laughs> called Reebok air or whatever. The pumps, Reebok yeah, the pumps Nike and, pumps. Yeah, you had all this stuff where it's like you got to sit and explain like it's it's yeah. And I think this is one of those like this guy had had a high profile kind of related to the Will Ferrell kind of blue career and he's in his wholesome movie and they're winking at that. But with divorce that context, what the fuck is this? Um,
0: and I have a bunch are, of
1: ra- random stuff to I, I'm, I'm just I do down to random observations at this point. So lead us off.
0: Yeah, I, I like um, the way they use extra sketches in this like it's a toy that he is very familiar that you see him building like the the question of like how many have you built today those are all etch sketches and then he's using that as like a tablet or a notebook if you're old school uh during Mm -hmm. the entire movie which i think is hilarious he at one point paints a mona lisa at one point has like this ludicrously fast and then this is why i wonder if like they're going into elf time in some of these scenes Mm -hmm. where he he does this holiday font Uh, when he's leaving the note for James Mm Khan that his brother eventually finds. But
1: yeah, I don't know. It's really good. I like how they use that sketch. It's essentially the Toy Story joke only with, you know, like a elf doing it. Yeah. Uh, Here's one. Peter Billingsley is in this movie. Little Ralphie from A Christmas Story is the red elf that's Buddy's supervisor. And he's kind of unrecognizable except for those Mm -hmm. blue eyes, man. Yeah. Those fucking peepers he's got are kind of recognizable as Ralphie. Uh and I th- I thought that that's a really that's a really fun cameo.
0: I have some questions around the board members. So there's so uh, what's the company here? Greenway Press, I think is the company yeah. that James Con is yeah. Creating children's books for but then you've got this board member who comes in he's talking about me and the rest of the board are going to evaluate your idea here on the 24th Mm -hmm. and you're going to be ready for that he says something about like i'm going to fly like i flew in for this Mm -hmm. and like i'm going to be back in town on the 24th to, to evaluate your shit what is happening here because in my mind A lot of the publicating uh, publication industry, um, you know, like all the book companies and stuff are headquartered in New York. Like, I don't think that's much of an L.A. thing. I don't think that's much of a like vancouver thing or whatever mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like the movie industry is it this is like a new york focused publishing house kind of thing sure where is he flying in from where is he going to be back in town from i'm trying to figure out where this guy lives is this a case of like oh he's on break for holiday and so he's going to be back in town because he's on but break and he's been like vacationing that, right?
1: it doesn't no it is weird because they, they, they make it feel like it's this pigeon style management. He's going to fly in shit all over you and fly out. But like, yeah, where is he flying in from? Like London? Like that's about the only other Maybe. place that's like a major, but like they don't mention it being like a foreign firm or anything like he doesn't have an English accent. It's played by the no. same guy that does. Uh, he's the mayor of New York in Godzilla. He's playing the like Roger Ebert uh, you know, essentially esque mayor of New York. Um, <laughs> sure. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, there's a really quick cameo by Kyle from uh, the Tenacious D. Yeah, and Kyle Gas, and,
0: and Andy Richter. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Gas
1: and Andy Richter, which I I always love both of those guys. They're they're not in a lot, and they're the the lazy children's authors to just their their big suggestion is to bring in the hired gun of Peter Dinklage. Um, uh, there's another really just
0: funny moment where they're like. They're doing the news report and they show like this elf, who's, who's Will Ferrell's buddy, walking through Central Park and they f- they frame it exactly like that Bigfoot photo. Like like everybody thinks of that, oh that Bigfoot God, photo yes. of catching him in the wild.
1: They yeah, do that yeah, with yeah, Buddy. Yeah. It's hilarious. That's what Zoe Deschanel sees on the TV show. that brings her back. Yeah, the the elf is Bigfoot. Is <laughs> so he's I, like I, walking I, through I with the pose and everything. That I don't know that people get that another twenty years because like I feel like cryptozoology is like with the inventive cell phone, that shit has just dropped off the face of the earth because You're not wrong. like yeah. Like, you know, a, a couple of pictures of Bigfoot uh, photo photo uh, footprints or like a grainy film of some dude in the monkey suit and moved the needle now. It's like yeah, yeah. you no. Know, if you don't you have like a, a viral video of it. What is yeah, it? you got a Pixel Four. It's going to be in crystal clear night vision. You're not going to be able to have like motion blur and grain and all that stuff. Like, Nope. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much that 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 that, that lands for twenty more years. But I, I loved it. I loved it.
0: Uh, you talked about all the. Um, you talked about Andy uh, Richter and Kyle Gass showing up, and during that scene, they're down in the mail room. And I was wondering, does the? Do you know anything about the Empire State Building? Does it actually have a pneumatic tube system? Because I know it's. Like a hundred years ago, almost this? certainly have
1: to have at one point, right? Because that was unless like, you're just using elevators and going to the floors and hand delivering mail, yeah. But even then, like so. that was the art deco building, like that right. was like that was the height of that kind of tube t- technology. So, I wouldn't, I mean, I is it still functional? I don't know, but I would, I bought it, I don't know either. I for sure bought it, yeah. I, I meant to do some research on that, and I apologize, I didn't have enough time. But also, like, how do you get a pneumatic tube 110 stories up or whatever it is? Like Suction, man. I feel like that stuff is like there's like a lot of square rules of like, you know, maybe there's relays. Like it, the first boost you up to 10 floors and All then right. you got the 10, 10 to 20 and the 20 to 30 and a
0: lot of relays. It's 100
1: yeah. floors. Yeah, like I like, just try to just try to use like a 20 foot long soda straw sometime See, see, see how much, see how much, see how easy it is to get that much uh, fluid up a column with just vacuum. <laughs> not, not, not easy. Uh, and there's a, a couple other things that I had
0: questions on, like how bad must, must uh, Buddy smell? Because he never, like he's a human being. Remember, he's a human, not an a elf. a human being. Post-puberty, yep. Post-puberty. Body hair. Wears the same outfit day in and day out until he changes into what I can only describe as like a Max Shrek uh, quilt <laughs> patchwork out suit. Out of Batman Returns. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's dressed. Yeah, exactly. It's some fucked up patchwork quilt kind of suit that he changes into. But before that, he's dressed kinda in this borderline buddy, Harry,
1: kind of like borderline Harry Potter Ministry of Magic kind of outfit. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't think people don't actually know, but... wore that in 2003 for sure.
0: Oh yeah, uh, but he must smell terrible, right? He never changes clothes. He never does laundry.
1: The only I can think of like is he bathes, but it's the antimicrobial weave. It's he's using a lot of merino wool and those those lightweight uh, uh, yeah. outdoor blends, and that would make sense. Like if we're going on, okay, his his warming uh,
0: outfit that he gets from Santa, he could also get like an antimicrobial.
1: Yeah, there, there's a lot I of hope aluminum, someone t- I phosphate hope someone taught him, shit in there. I hope someone taught him to use uh, deodorant when he went into that uh, Max Shrek shit, because otherwise, oof. Yeah. Oof. It's going to be smelling it's bad. Gonna be, yeah, it's going to be pretty bad. Uh, I guess the final thing
0: that I wanted to comment is the, the heartfelt angle of this movie, which you need that in any good Christmas movie, right? It all has to come around to the spirit of Christmas or you know, family or, you know, togetherness, that kind of message. And I think they do a pretty good job here with this idea of finding joy in the Christmas season and the Christmas cheer Mm -hmm. as an adult, because buddy, Mm -hmm. they make it clear. Like at some point, James Conn has lost that along the way, Walter. Um, and that buddy is able to bring that back to him through just being an elf and having that Christmas cheer. Um, and ultimately it's the thing that like proves to him that Santa is real and gives him this belief. And yeah, I don't know. It all comes back to like experiencing the joy of a child through Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that really works for me.
1: Yeah. I think so too, especially since it's like, um, I can, so I can already feel ourselves, our family shifting into like this new phase of Christmas. Like, you know, when Jack was a little boy, and we had, you know, all my niece and nephews were l- really small. Like even my youngest niece is now like eight years old. Like this is there's a time clock on all this. My oldest nephews like 17 going on 18. My son's 14. Um, you know, and I, I was watch, I was looking at Christmas photos because, you know, Google does the thing of like, you know, uh, anniversary photos and stuff. And I, the, it showed me this photo of like last year of my son and his my nephew like sitting in beanbag chairs in his room like you know cuz my my sister and her family came and spent the night with, and and did christmas with us last year um and I'm like I'm like that just felt like christmas knowing that like everybody was kind of like safe and warm and just kind of hanging yeah. out at my house and playing video games and it's just like all this you know it doesn't have to be like tons of shrieking people like like during you know when you're opening pic- pictures or not, uh, presents like, yeah, like what does, yeah, because I, you know, I missed Christmas by and large as a kid, as a young adult, and I kind of re- re-experienced it with a, a little kid, and now we're trying to figure out, you know, what is it, I don't know, like maybe I won't get grandchildren, because like that's the other thing, is like, you know, in 10 years, if it all starts up with grandkids again, then there you go, but like, you know, it's still nice, just uh and that's why I think this year is really going to be hard on people, and is hard on people, and it's one of the reasons yeah. we lean so hard into the, online Christmas stuff is because that's how people are experiencing their friends and family and their community this year. Um, because at the end of the you know, it's like, this is this test you like at the, you know, at the end of the day, like if Christmas is about friends and family, but like, if you love your friends and family, you stay away from them this year. What the fuck is Christmas even about? I know. And it's about like, you know, I guess self-sacrifice and love for the next year so that people will still be around and people Which, even maybe yeah. you don't know. Uh, so, (laughs) yeah, it's going to be a weird one, but, uh, it'll adapt next year. It'll be better.
0: It will. Yeah. Uh, we'll get past this uh, whole COVID thing and we'll, you know, have, have cause to celebrate and we'll have the opportunity to gather with our loved ones. Uh, as long as we, we do things right this Christmas season. And I would just say to people who are thinking about traveling for Christmas and getting, getting together with their family, Weigh that weigh this one Christmas against the possibility of not seeing your family in the next 20 Christmases, you know,
1: I was thinking like, you know, there's a lot of Christmas songs that hit different this year. Like uh, I've talked a lot in previous Christmases about like how melancholy Christmas can be. And, you know, I'll be home for Christmas was a huge song during World War Two. Because there's hundreds of thousands of people overseas that wanted desperately to be home with their families and they couldn't, because they're fighting fascists and yeah. doing all kinds of other stuff. And like this is a good opportunity for us to meditate about like what that means, like the bittersweet quality about Christmas. We have all these fond Christmas memories, and we hope we can get them again, uh, but we might have to go through some sacrifices and do without in the meantime. Uh, this is not nearly like World War Two, you know, like instantly We're saying <laughs> no. like, don't gather in groups outside of your own home and wear a mask when you go. Relatively out. easy, but yeah, relatively easy. But I do understand why it's hard because like I'm I'm bummed out too. Like when I go through those pictures and it's been a lot. It's been a minute since I've not been with my friends and family on Christmas morning. Uh, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it. And yeah, it's uh, kind of um.
0: It's kind of amazing to me because that is the message at the end of this movie, right? It's the Christmas mm-hmm. cheer, it's the the togetherness, the the Community. the spirit, the spirit of childlike wonder um, at this event, and all of that. From what I understand from this Netflix documentary or docu series, is stuff that was added on later to this uh, script i was yeah. shocked to hear that none of this singing stuff none of this getting santa's sleigh off the ground because of the christmas cheer coming from walter at the end of this and the singing from zoe deschanel singing from jovi that that inspires that none of that was in the original script and See, it was only sure after faber heard deschanel singing right did they put that yeah, in there?
1: Yeah, like I wasn't sure if it was like not in there at all, or they just like essentially after it, the Santa Claus took off. They just essentially went the credits, and they didn't have the like everybody celebrating, and and the fact that they added scenes where it's like, you know, Buddy's manager, the 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 w- Wanda Sykes stand in, and yeah. you know, the all the little kids that he had met. Like it was heartwarming that the, uh, you know, when he was yeah. You know, Michael, his brother is doing that. He's doxing all of New York City live (laughs) and on air. I was thinking like in the terms of if someone did that in 2020, like there'd be assholes that would like make it their life's goal to look up these people and harass them, which is sad. (laughs) But 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 yeah, he's doxing these people and he's and there's he's like, you know, Sally Sue wanted blah, blah, blah. And she's like, thanks, buddy, because buddy. Yeah. Like it just it just it just probably, you know, 60 seconds worth of reshoots and extra scenes. But it really put a bow on the whole thing. Yes. all like how many people Buddy had touched in this season, and what what a difference that he had made, and that's where you know it went from a perfectly fine family to do like something that really is heartwarming. You know, there's a couple yeah. points where in the third act where I got choked up with uh you know Buddy and his family and and the, it's, the Christmas cheer. that was it's happening. the
0: spirit of togetherness uh, and unity. Um, in this moment that comes from that, that makes movies like it's a wonderful life. So poignant, right. Them coming together as a town to defeat the, 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 the cynical elements of the Christmas spirit.
1: Um, yeah, especially since like all my fondest Christmas moments are kind of like that kind of spontaneous stuff. You know, like we work really hard every year to like, oh, let's go look at Christmas lights and let's do this and let's do that. And uh, I want to you know, this on my list. But it's always like the little things that you don't expect that are the ones that stand out. It's um, it's the cup
0: of cocoa on Christmas morning that. Yeah, it that is, that is the the, the anti gift giving. Right. The anti consumerist stuff that is just like a small moment shared with people that is heartfelt and means a lot
1: yeah that that satisfying feel uh, feeling when everybody that you love is under one roof and and feeling good and there's no you know like when you have those those nice moments uh, hold on to them don't take them for granted yeah uh merry christmas everybody i think this has been uh, this um, is it. i'm not going to try to sugarcoat it it's not the it's not the best year we've had but uh, I've had a really satisfying Christmas year. I hope you guys have too. I hope you've been able to take advantage of our Christmas streams. If not, hey, you know what? They're still going to be up for 60 days on twitch.tv slash baldmove if you want to check those out. Um, True. And just tons of content over the last few years that we've made. Like, you know, you can fill up almost a whole. And I know I, that's, that's one of the really coolest things is people are spontaneously saying on social media and uh, the forums that like listening to some of our drunken lunches and listening to some of our Christmas like, you know, the Star Wars holiday specials and stuff that, like, has <laughs> become part Marcus. of... Yeah, it's, be, it's become part of people's Christmas traditions as much as, like, listening and watching, uh, you know, community claymation episodes and Dan Harmon talking about dicks and balls and beer and... Yeah. uh, Like, you know, like, we've become part of people's rituals. I mean, that is an amazing Christmas gift to think that I'm that part of, uh, you know, the we're a part of these people's uh, family uh, traditions now. I... what a a present you guys have gotten for us um, with your love and support over all the years but uh, this is it this is the last thing for Christmas Uh, it's the last thing you'll probably hear us do for a couple weeks because we're going to go spend time uh, as much as we can we got some uh, zoom Christmases coming Um, I think the weekend after Christmas I'm going to do a sleigh ride to my sister's house where we're just going to go and leave a bunch of presents. Uh, they're going to leave a bunch of presents for us on the porch, and we're going to leave a bunch of presents for them. Nice. Um, Cecily got a, uh, a big red nose for the Pontiac vibe and some antlers. <laughs> You're just going to look gonna, like a lift. <laughs> we uh, We're yeah. We're gonna we're gonna make. A, we got like 128 ounce uh, thermos for hot cocoa. We're going to fill that thing up Holy with Christmas shit. cookies. We're going to listen to Christmas music the whole time, Jack. We're going to bring our switches. And have a good old time delivering Christmas presents to Cecily's mom and brother and my sister and her family. Um, but what, whatever you do to, to, to do things safe and, and fun for Christmas, uh, I, 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 I hope everybody finds a way to make it merry and bright. And if it's a if it's yeah. a hard candy Christmas this year, next year, maybe it'll be more of a warm fudge one for you. That's what I'm hoping anyway. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year from all of us here at Bald Move. Thank you so much for your support. We love you and we'll see you next year.